Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true Hello, my kings of New York, my princes of New England. Welcome to another episode about the loves, trials, embarrassments, joys of being in love and being heartbroken. We really have so much fun on this podcast. I just need to say that really quickly. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. As some of you may know, Molly Birch records our theme song And I've actually known Molly since college. We were college friends. And she was just sweet, funny, smart girl who everyone loved. And she had my dream, which is nobody knew that she was an amazing singer. Literally one night, everyone said, oh, Molly is having a concert tonight at the art space at our school. So we all like, you know, pack a 40 in my purse, go to the art space and Mm -hmm. jaw floor like she was killer i couldn't believe it just had this really smoky beautiful dip in her voice i mean you guys just heard the theme song you know what i'm talking about really talented and we were such flighty sort of crazy young women but this was an area of her life where she was in complete control and she took it so seriously. And I think at the time, I didn't have anything like that. You know, comedy was sort of the first thing that I really took seriously and writing. And um, I was so impressed. It was really an inspiration to me. And then one night I pissed her bed. I My first interaction with Molly was actually that Carolina had put me on a group text with her about coming up with a theme song for us. And I accidentally sent a text to that group chat that was meant for another group chat. So all of a sudden we're texting logistics. It should be a 30 second theme song. These are the themes. And we get a text from Devin that says numbers look like beep, boop, bop, bop, boop to me. Because in a different group chat that I'm in with Carolina, our friends had asked us something that was like, what do you think of like 
this percent it was like this is the reported percentage of something like what do you think of this percentage so as a joke i was gonna say numbers look like beep boop bop bop beep to me instead i said it to a complete stranger on a professional group text i had to be like um uh devin what do you mean by that (laughs) just really trying to maintain some uh (laughs) professional semblance but molly is absolutely the greatest she's heavily involved in politics And she just has a heart of gold. I mean, I remember in college, she just loved her friends so much. We basically lived together for a month. I just stayed in her room because we had so much fun. That all being said, I'm just so happy that she was able to do our theme song. I'm so happy that we get to do this podcast. And Mm -hmm. we really wanted to say that everyone who's reached out, whether to say that they love the podcast, that they identify with the podcast, that we are childless women who are immature we appreciate (laughs) we really do appreciate when you reach out it's really really moving and funny and uh, an experience that I never thought I was going to have where I got to talk about pissing the bed and people would say keep talking I really want to echo what Micah Stouffer said she actually is the well-known family youtuber who adopted a child, and then gave away the child the worst. in a horrendous, <laughs> horrendous, horrendous act. Um, but in her YouTube video, breaking that news that she had given away a child as if it were a pair of shoes that didn't fit. By the way, I'm paraphrasing. I watched this months ago. I have no idea exactly what she said. But it was something like a lot of people are saying negative things, but there are a lot of people also saying positive things. About me giving away a child. That's what I want to say, too, is that you know, a lot of people are saying negative things. A lot of people are saying, you know, that we are hate men and we have double standards and we're, you know, talk too much about politics. We hate Republican women. But and that all may be true. <laughs> that all may be true. But some people are saying that they're in love with Carolina. Some people are saying that they're meant to be with Carolina. Some people are saying they want to give a rose to Carolina. And that's what matters. That is really what I came on the pod to do. And yes. I'm sorry, I cannot get over that fucking YouTube influencer. Mom. I know. It's did so- you did you read the cut article? No, I didn't. It's a new deep dive that just came out. It's very fascinating. It's just interesting to me because it's the idea that raising children is for you. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like that experience is not for you. It's for the child. So if you're having a hard time, that doesn't matter as much as the child getting its needs met. I don't know. It's so ridiculous. It's like you didn't think this was going to be hard adopting a child. Like, of course. Yeah. Well, the the thing that's interesting in the cut in the cut article, which I don't remember if it's in the BuzzFeed article that I originally read, but it's really interesting because she talks about how basically these YouTubers they they all play to the algorithm the same way like YouTubers who post, you know hate speech and and alt-right propaganda and stuff they all play to the algorithms that's why you see these videos with titles that have all caps that are worded in a really strange way because it's all meant to to work within the algorithm so it gets suggested to people so people see it on their homepage. so this cut article talked about how titles like our adoption journey would get you like you know, millions of views. Our home renovation journey would get you millions of views, like our homeschooling journey. So a lot of these YouTubing families 
do end up doing stuff like that just because they need something to vlog about, such as buying a new home or starting homeschooling, all this stuff that gets increasingly more detrimental and because it's their livelihood now. So they're like, they need to, I guess, get the views. But when it gets to the extent that some could presume you're actually just adopting a child for views crazy is so sick it's sick and it, ugh, the whole thing just makes me uncomfortable in terms of i'm sorry showing your child to the world like that too totally 100 percent. i just don't think i would feel comfortable i know i went down this rabbit hole from the cut article where i was looking at this mormon vlogger family and like on the family's homepage, they had links to their daughter's YouTube channel, oh their son's. It was so creepy. And the daughter was like, you know, us like getting my first period or something like I know <laughs> it was so disturbing. And she had six million followers or subscribers. And only five of those are me. I know. And only five of those are me. My one fake account, my CrossFit account, my burner account. <laughs> My home renovation account, my adoption journey account, <laughs> my deodorant unboxing videos account. Chelsea Peretti's videos of giving herself a makeup tutorial is just an art form and really brought me a lot of happiness really? in the times of COVID. And one of my favorite part of them is when she's contouring and she's like, okay, so this is going to look a little bit crazy right now, but you just got to blend, blend, blend. <laughs> but I just love that. Like, okay, so it looks a little bit crazy right now, but yeah, you're just going to want to <laughs> blend, blend, blend. <laughs> that is so funny. The point of all of this is don't adopt a baby for likes and we love our fans. Yes. And we may have to title one of our Instagram videos of our adoption journey just to bring or our in. first period. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a video that needs to be We're out gonna there. We're going to title this episode, my first period, all caps, underscore Obama caused ISIS. And underscore pizza predator. And I really yeah. think that will bring the audience that we're looking for. But today on the pod, we just wanted to engage with our listeners more. We've had some people reach out to us about certain topics, and we wanted to dive in and just share yes. experiences in terms of what you guys have asked about. I would say 100% of what people write in about, we identify with somehow. Yes. So totally. we are very excited to do this, and we've been keeping track of our messages and DMs to in order to discuss them with you all. So to start off, we had one listener write in and they wanted to hear about moments when we realized we could actually depend on ourselves. That would probably be the moment that I outgrew diapers at age six. And so my mom said, <laughs> if you don't stop paying the bed, we'll have to buy adult diapers because you're too big for the kids ones. And I said, you know what? I'll try to hold it at night. And I did. Wow. And I remember waking up in the middle of the I night did. thinking, do I pee the bed? No, maybe I hold it. Um, <laughs> obviously, that trend didn't always continue if you've been a listener. No, I love this question. I've had a few moments like this in my life. I think living in New York City after my first heartbreak and realizing that I could do simple stuff like read a subway map and mm -hmm. get on the right train. I can't do that, by the way, but go ahead. I finally felt like Anne Hathaway in the opening credits of The Devil Wears Prada, and she's just like crossing the street with her resume. And I really felt like that is, wow, I'm just in charge of this world. I'm just one of these cosmopolitan women. Arguments can be made that I wasn't. 
but but you felt like suddenly I see, suddenly I see that this is what I want to be. Suddenly I see. So my rehab counselor actually told me that she <laughs> wanted me to think of that song when I was out in the world. And guess what? Every time I listen to it, I do. I yeah. think right now I'm even feeling that way that I can depend on myself more. I think when you fall in love with someone, the immediate thought is, what would I do without this person? And it turns out you can do a lot. And I didn't feel that way. <laughs> you can write. You can work out. You can watch mm-hmm. whatever shows you want. And it, it is not a conversation. You don't have to discuss it with another person. Right. You can be on your phone while the show is on and nobody will ask you if you're paying attention. You can yes. eat a sandwich off your chest while being on your phone while watching this TV show. Yes. And if that sounds depressing, then that's totally. No, that's my dream. <laughs> my first week single, I wrote a draft of a project and it took hours every day that I would not have had in a relationship. And I can wear mm. zit stickers on my face. And every day I think, okay, I have to work today. And then, you know, with my two hours free, let's say, what do I want to do? And hopefully one day I will fall in love with Pete Davidson or Zach Efron or Blake Griffin. Right. And, you know, I will probably end up with one of these guys, but when I do, I won't have time to do a hair mask in the middle of the day while taking calls or okay. I won't have time to look up Carmen Electra's Instagram in the middle of the night to see how she's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's really like, okay, say my next two years is my only free time before I meet the man I love and start a family. Blake Griffin is going to be on the road. I'll probably be at home with the baby. I'm not going to have mm-hmm. time to finish the book I want to finish. I'm not going to have time to build an inklet business like so what do I want to do now mm-hmm. but what's your experience been with this well first of all I really relate to the freedom of being newly single because I just remember walking from the subway to my apartment and thinking I am just going to order whatever I want I'm going to order a side of fries and that's it because that's what I want and it doesn't matter so that was really fun and it is very stressful to manage viewing things with another person As far as the moment I knew I could depend on myself, I feel like when I lived alone for the first time, which was last year, in the in the moments that I wasn't crying on the phone to my mom, I did feel pretty independent. I'm trying to get excited just about dating right now. Like I keep thinking about what my next relationship will be look like. And it's sort of amazing to think like, oh, I could just date. Like I wouldn't have to tie myself down to anyone. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I like people who are interested in something. And I like myself when I'm interested in something and I'm actively pursuing that. And those are times when I really feel like I can depend on myself in terms of I'm pursuing something. It doesn't have to be some lofty goal. You know, I don't have to be making a film, but I'm interested in something and I'm, I'm looking into it. But you learn to depend yourself by standing on that shaky ground. Yeah. You don't just feel confident one day. You sort of have to act as if, unfortunately. Our next question, we had a listener ask if we could touch on the really fun moment when it's your ex's birthday and you're on very weird terms and you feel like you should say happy birthday, but you also don't want to open the door, but you also want to be the bigger person. Right. So, Devin, what's your experience with this? One experience I've had with this is that... I remember I had this really messy breakup that went very poorly. I decided to 
continue contact with the person because I was afraid to cut it off. But like the contact that we had was not healthy. And so long story short, it was a long drawn out breakup that was messy and, and overly dramatic. Cut to a few months later was my birthday. And this ex wrote me some form of like, hey, happy birthday, Dev. Hope everything's going great. Just like the most light and polite. Yeah, like the most basic what your class president from high school would write on your Facebook wall. Not even what what your distant cousin who lives in Australia would write on your Facebook wall. So it was this very simple acquaintance style message and all the messages above it were so like, like it literally was like you lied to me when you told me you loved me look at this screenshot you were lying you said you loved me what happened what happened and then it was like hey dev happy birthday hope you have a great year hope you're doing well say hi to the family i did respond with just a thank you period and then i never Heard from that person again, and I really think it's because of the punctuation. Yeah. If I had said thank you exclamation point, it would be, the levees would be broken. You need to hear the creak of an open door. (laughs) (laughs) The draft's coming in. A tomb opening that should have been shut for a thousand years or curses would befall the earth. It would be the chamber of secrets. Yeah, exactly. My first serious college ex who I was always in turmoil about for like two years It was his birthday one year, and I sort of was like, you know what? I should reach out. It's a nice thing to do, and I was also missing him. And so at the time, it it felt very much like, okay, I'm going to be the bigger person, but I think I really just wanted to be in contact with him. And then when I sent him an email being like, hey, thinking of you, happy birthday, he was like, (laughs) hey, it's not my birthday. (laughs) And I was like, you're kidding. Okay. So I really think it depends on motives. You have to really dig deep. My motive can often be I want to maintain contact, whether I'm like, hey, you left a pair of Nike gym shorts here and I know how much they meant to you. So I just thought you should have them. You know, like those can probably (laughs) go in the trash if we're going to be honest. I had a few one night stands in college. I'm not crazy about them. I'm actually much more prude than my past depicts me as. But there was one I had in college, which was some art student at UCLA, and he was nice and fine. But before we hooked up, we were friends on Facebook, and we never spoke after hooking up. It was really like one night standish. And every year, I thought it was so funny when I got notified that it was his birthday on Facebook to write happy birthday on his Facebook wall. (laughs) That was really when Facebook was like, never. And it happened, I would say five years in a row, I wished him happy birthday in capital letters all the time. Damn. Well, nevertheless, she persisted, is what I have to say to that. (laughs) Elizabeth Warren, you got back together with someone, right? Because of a lack of birthday text, in part. This was someone I had broken up with, like, right before my birthday, which was probably the right thing to do at the time. But then I really regretted it, and it was, like, a series of things that contributed to me regretting it. But it was kind of what you described as a game of chicken you've said about like not contacting an ex like I was kind of always waiting for him to contact me and then it was my birthday so I figured that would be the time that he would reach out and he didn't and shortly afterwards I 
got back together with him, <laughs> which isn't funny. Like it, it was <laughs> not funny at all. It, it ended up being, you know, not the right thing to do. And, but it, I, it was the right thing to happen at the time. It felt unfinished. So I, I don't regret it, but that was a weird like contributing factor that I was like okay so I guess he just doesn't even care that I exist he doesn't care that I made it another circle around the sun you know yeah it's hard it's hard we we don't think about what the other person might be experiencing I thought this year on my birthday I got I got flowers and I couldn't see the card and I was like wow this is beautiful. Like, this is actually beautiful that he just sent me flowers and he didn't include a card. Like, that's really sweet. And and then I was he like... He didn't even want the credit. He didn't even want the credit. He wanted to be simple, elegant, for me just to have a nice moment. And then it was... I found a card, like, buried in the flowers. And it was like, happy birthday, love dad. <laughs> I was like, well, Aww. fuck. I know. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more listener questions on true romance. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back to True Romance. Today we're talking about some questions and letters that were sent to us by our lovely listeners. Letters to my home. Some handwritten, uh, hand-etched parchments written in ink with a quill. That a little rat brought to my front door. (laughs) My messenger rat. We had another listener write in, and this is actually a subject that's been resonating with a lot of people. 
They said, can you please go more into dating men who have close friends who are girls? I don't have super close guy friends and I just don't get it, but I want to. And I really like the last part. I just don't get it, but I want to. Do you want me to go in on this? Please. (laughs) We're about to open the gates and Devin's going to run out like a racehorse. This is going to be just like when I went on a walk with my boyfriend and he asked me why I didn't like Katy Perry. Flash forward truly three miles and one full hour later. He's thirsty. I was like, okay, so then the thing about John Mayer is that's so fucked up is that nobody fucking talks about it. And then I was like, anyway, so then that's why I don't like Katy Perry. And Matt said, I actually had forgotten that that was the question that I asked. It's Um, dark outside. We're lost. (laughs) You're covered in dirt. (laughs) You've just been eating a raw fish you found in a creek. Oh, what year is it? Um, twenty twenty. Never mind. Wake me up when twenty twenty ends. Exactly. All right. More like no thanks to this year. Am I right? Anyway, isn't that what the kids are saying? Yeah. So, yeah, you could say I could go in on this topic, but I'm not really going to. I'm going to share one thing. I just want to say. I'm so happy this experience that I have talked about has resonated with people. It really has made me feel less alone and less like I'm, you know, the crazy insecure girlfriend because I've had a lot of people reach out and say that they feel strange about their significant other's close friends. And I was talking to my friends, Jesse, Lisa, and Brittany about Laguna Beach, which is related to this. So Jesse pointed out that she had found an old magazine with Kristen Cavallari on the cover. And she texted us and said something along the lines of, why did we all hate on Kristen so much when actually Lauren was the other woman? Elsie was the other woman. But we all villainized Kristen. And it's so strange to think about that. But it made me contemplate that show and the first season of that show. And the setup was... Steven was dating Kristen. Yes. And Elsie was Steven's best friend. Yeah. His best female friend. But she was secretly in love with him. Not so secretly if she was like a puppy dog eyes all over him all the time. All the time. And there, there's, there's so many scenes where like Kristen is out with her friends or unknowing, you know, doing her own thing, living a life, shopping, working, whatever. And they cut to... Elsie at Steven's house, like at the surf shop where he works, flirting with him, leaning over the counter with her like winged eyeliner eyes batting at him. A little bit of baby girl talk. I know you better than anyone. The thing that was weird was that she treated Kristen like the other woman because she seemed to feel like I knew him first, like very possessive. He's mine type of thing. I personally think it's very fucked up just because... If they were adults, it would be fucked up. They were teenagers, so I can't blame them for it. But that storyline was not cool. Like, she was crossing a line. She was crossing boundaries. He was in a relationship. She wasn't respecting his relationship. She was trying to basically convince him to end that relationship and be with her. But I think that Kristen seemed very comfortable in her sexuality and kind of her hotness and, and like, owning that. So I think we all like slut shamed her and a thousand percent converted her to like she's the other woman because she has this quality of like threatening 
sexuality. And um, Elsie's like the girl next door and she's sort of the protagonist of the show. So she must be like the good character. She's the good girl. She's the underdog. She looks like the underdog and Kristen looks like the reigning popular girl. Because to be fair, she has an annoying voice. She has very much like a valley girl flair about her. But uh, you're right. Elsie was the one who was like, trying to take advantage of the situation instead of being like, if Steven likes me, he'll be with me. But no, he's with this girl. This is something that I've been thinking about, too. I totally understand and respect someone saying like, you know, hey, I know we're friends. I actually have feelings for you. And and now that you're dating someone, I don't really feel comfortable continuing our friendship in the same way because I feel kind of hurt and it's no big deal. Stepping back, like, let's move forward instead of continue, like having had feelings with for the person, they start dating someone and then you continue flirting with them. Yeah. And creating this weird dynamic and continue trying to get attention from them. That's what's strange. It's just toxic behavior to be around all around, no matter what position you are in. Whether you're the person in the relationship, whether you're the person trying to get attention, where you're, it's too much. And to be honest, I had a crush on a guy in high school. Really big crush. Oh, my God. I was really, he was one of my friends and I was like in love with him. And then he got a girlfriend and a group of my high school friends after college got a house together for the summer in Fort Greene. And we were having so much fun and him and his girlfriend lived with us. I'm sure he told her like, oh, Carolina used to be obsessed with me in high school. I could mm-hmm. not be attracted to him when he had a girlfriend. And I don't mean yeah. to say that because I'm like, because I am a bigger, per- I'm the bigger person or anything like that. It's just sort of like, oh, this person's unavailable to me. Like, this person has made their preference clear. Right. I don't – it's like, what am I going to do? I want to date someone who likes me. Like, we talked about the top of, you know, our first episode. Like, I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me or doesn't think I'm, like, great. And so maybe that was a fun thing to pine after when I was 17. But if someone is making a decision to be with someone else, then there is just, like, a human reaction. You have to respect that. It's really about respecting reality. Right. You know, things are the way they are. You really want to respect partnerships. Another pop culture reference point worth mentioning is obviously in Gilmore Girls when Rory becomes friends with Jess and Dean is suspicious. And was Dean right all along? Yes. Listen, he was. And do you think I want to say fucking mushroom head dean was right no <laughs> he was such mushroom head dean who was like no i don't want to go to college i'm sorry i'm not smart like you mushroom head dean also just uh, talk about someone who didn't show interest like you could at least like pretend he literally was just there as like a warm body who was just like rory you're so pretty and she was like okay i love you i yeah. mean well, let's not even touch on season seven when they end up together that was so offensive and i'd love to sit down with the writer's room and talk about who had the aneurysm that brought that idea up but he did see the connection and maybe he saw it before they did but rory was playing with fire we know that it was a game of intrigue people intrigue is like the most powerful flirting device ever where you don't even necessarily flirt you just drop miniature bombs clusters around this person in order to provoke them subtly and then play dumb. It's a really dangerous sport. And even the innocents like Rory Gilmore have been partaking. So yeah, I think how to become okay with your friends 
dating someone. Oh, right. That was the question is, how do you accept it? <laughs> they actually said nothing about Laguna Beach or Gilmore Girls. We just really decided to oh, take okay, a deep dive okay, there. Okay. okay, sorry. I think something we've talked about before on this podcast is boundaries and how difficult they are. And I think you really have to make a decision for yourself. What am I comfortable with? Yeah. By the way, no matter how great this person is, no matter how much you love your partner, if they're not able to do a simple thing that will make you more comfortable, that's a huge red flag. 100%. I haven't taken red flags of priorities before, and I've always paid for it later on. And so totally. what is your priority? Is it that you're going to have long texting conversations with a close female friend at 11 p.m. before you go to sleep? And if I tell you that I don't feel comfortable with you doing that, if you're going to fight me on it, then we need to have a bigger conversation about what you're prioritizing in this relationship. Right. Don't get me wrong. There's obviously contingencies like what their sexual orientation is, et cetera. But you can use your intuition here. And I have taken my boyfriend's words over my own intuition before and paid dearly. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I feel that this is weird. I feel like this is weird. Oh, my God. Like, finding out, like, this is weird. And you told me the whole time that I was being nuts. And so, yeah, really listen to your intuition and use an outside source, whether it be a therapist or a group of friends. I don't need to take a decision from anyone else, but I need someone else to bounce my thoughts back off of or I'll make sometimes decisions out of panic. I think it's worth noting most manipulation is not on purpose and like not intentional. It's possible to gaslight someone unintentionally. Like it's possible that your partner might be trying to convince themselves that the relationship is normal and not crossing boundaries. They might be, you know, in denial about it and they can't see the truth of it or whatever. And so they tell you like, oh my God, this is so not a big deal. This is so not a big deal. Like, why are you making it a big deal? That might not be intentionally manipulative, but it is. And for me, the best way to like break through that is by talking to my friends about the situation and seeing what they think and like hearing what others perspective is, because sometimes I need someone from the outside to say like, oh, that actually sounds really weird. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm not crazy 1900s woman with hysteria locked in a attic. (laughs) I mean, that's where we do our podcast from, but... We get meals. But, but, yeah. I just want to say, because we could go at length about this topic, we will always talk about this. And so- We will always talk about this. So you can keep writing us about it. We are always here. This is why we started this podcast. And I am going to be rewatching Laguna Beach, so I'll report back on that. That was exactly what I was saying when you were talking about it. I thought, okay, we may need to do a Laguna-focused episode. So next we have a listener who wrote in and asked if we could talk about the experience of moving somewhere new by yourself and not immediately jumping into bed with every single guy you see. (laughs) So first of all, the pain of moving somewhere new. I feel you. I feel you. I reading this question. I wanted to wrap my arms around you and tell you it's going to be okay because it is so scary. I would. It sounds like you're looking for comfort, but if you were my daughter which you are, I'd want to say you can jump into bed with guys. You can sleep with whoever you want as long as it's obviously safe and you're having a good time and it's consensual and it's consensual. I know how to pronounce that word, but 
motives. It's sort of like eating. Eat literally whatever you want. I think the dieting industry was created to distract us and to uh, try to take us down. And I've spent way Mm -hmm. too many years and I refuse to diet anymore. And I'm happier. My relationship with food has never been better. Have six meals a day. Fine. Great. But again, I have to harp on motives. For how much we talk about sort of being crazy ex-party girls, I found out at around age 25 that I'm kind of a prude. And it has nothing to do with morals. It all has to do with inner comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're having fun, do not judge yourself at all. Do whatever you want. But if you're writing to someone about it, it sounds like you're somewhat worried about it. Yeah. And that maybe that is coming from society and not from you. But it's I'm slap me in the face if this sounds like too self-helpy, but just to sit with yourself. And am I having fun doing this? Am I not? Am I lonely? And it sounds like you want friends. And I I Mm -hmm. think also I have so much more fear about making friends than I do even about flirting with someone. Like, how do I make friends in a room full of people? I truly don't know. And by the way, I, you know, see you in 2023 when we're in rooms with people. Devin's one of my five close friends. And I will say, and this again, slap me in the face if it sounds annoying. Just kidding. Don't, don't hit me. Find a cause that matters to you and reach out to that one girl you like and DM her and say you're new in town. You want to hang and adopt a mm-hmm. dog. Animals have literally saved my life. That's my advice to everyone, though, right now is adopt a dog. Yeah. If you have the means and the time, I would say adopt. But when you moved to L.A., you were terrified, Dev. And you had me and it was still really hard. First of all, when Carolina moved to L.A. was like actually probably even harder than when I moved to LA. I was sobbing and unconsolable. I actually was at a party where my ex-boyfriend who I had just broken up with was and I was sobbing because Carolina left the party and she was moving like within a few days. And he was like, hey, Devin. I know. And I remember saying to my friend, I don't remember if it was you or Beth or someone else, but I said like, it just fucked up because now he's going to think I'm crying because of him, but it's actually because of Carolina. (laughs) No, I remember you said that to me. You were like, I hope he doesn't think this is because of him. (laughs) Yeah, that was really hard. And then when I moved, it was so scary. I mean, I was so terrified and overwhelmed about moving I loved New York so much I loved my life there but I I couldn't like pass up on making the jump to LA because I knew I would always regret it for my career and stuff so I had to do it but I was so overwhelmed that if someone would just say like oh so how's the move going like how's the planning going I would start sobbing if someone came up to my office I mean to my desk at work I did not have an office I had a little desk in a corner if someone came by my desk and said like if someone came up to my stool if someone came up to my garbage pail turned over that I sat on like a stool with a dunce cap on <laughs> if someone came over to that area and said like oh I heard you got a new job and you're leaving I would start sobbing so it was hard and I remember you know when my mo- my mom helped me move and she came to LA with me and when she left I was freaking out then everything kind of fell through that I had moved there for like her your um, job the the show that you were going to work on ended up having to go off the air. It was yes, really it was, crazy. It was unforeseen, like nothing worked out. But I, I did have this like underlying intuitive feeling of like, I am supposed to be here though. And luckily I had Carolina and otherwise I definitely would not have survived it. But I remember I, I had at that time started like kind of falling back into some old 
like self-destructive behaviors and I was talking to my therapist about it like I was like I keep doing this stuff that like makes me hate myself and then I just like obsess over why did I do it and my therapist gave me a piece of advice that blew my little mind and blew my dunce cap right off (laughs) when she said that she was like I think you're really comfortable with self-loathing because you've done it so much in your life that when things are uncertain and you can't control the outcome of something you fall back into behaviors that'll make you hate yourself because then you can be in that comfort of like oh my god I did the thing again I suck oh yeah I suck let me just think about that instead of thinking about the logistics of my future the logistics of the move like that blew your wig um, clean off yeah I was like whoa there it goes out the window it's flying down the west side highway so that was really helpful I just she was she was advising me to like in the moment when I wanted to reach out for something and like do something distracting to just she said hug yourself which I was like come on lady I guess (laughs) I guess she was meaning like I should just try to take care of myself in that moment so you're welcome for that little therapeutic journey. I love that. And I think that we want easy fixes no matter what it is. I mean, that's like to go touch back on diet culture. We want that. And the idea that discomfort is a rite of passage when moving or starting a new job or anything is really hard. And I'm not trying to underestimate how painful a move is because I moved to L.A. I went to high school out here and it still was really hard. Oh, my God. Yeah. So be patient with yourself. Please don't judge yourself. Mm-hmm. Be safe and, um, you know, get quiet with yourself and find out what you what does feel good. But I yes. like my favorite advice in terms of making new friends is go where it's warm. You know, yes. go where there's beckoning hands. Don't try to cozy up to people who are cold. And that ain't the advice you want to do when you're in a pool. That's all I'll say. <laughs> We had another person reach out and said, I would love if you talked about no contact with an ex, how hard it is, how it's achieved, who reaches out and how. Uh, I know. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate no contact. It's so hard. It makes zero sense. I used to text this. I used to every time there was a newsworthy item, I would text this person. I knew their opinions on everything when Things were funny. I, they were the first person I wanted to go to. When I got bad news, I wanted to go to them. When I got good news, I wanted to run it to them. Mm-hmm. But no contact is just the medicine. It's the only it's medicine. The only I wish there was an easier way. This actually reminds me of another great Gilmore's Girls scene. Jump ball in. Luke breaks up with Lorelai and Lorelai calls him. She's sobbing in her bed and she calls him and says like, I'm really upset. I'm having a really hard time. And you're the person I call when I'm having a really hard time. So I'm just calling you because I don't know who else to talk to, which is so heartbreaking. But then she ends up, I think, like trying to break into his apartment to take the voicemail tape out so he doesn't hear it and whatever. Um, classic, classic early aughts voicemail snafu. Very ugly Betty sneaky adventure. Yeah, no contact is the only way. I have succumbed to contact in every breakup I've ever been through. Too many and times. Too many times I've been in a road and I just want to say you should not go down that road. You should not go down <laughs> Think that of road. us as the people in a horror movie who are like, keep that door closed. Yeah, <laughs> that's 
You know that horror movie when the girl the goes, old lady keep, keep that dirt clothes. That house burnt down thirty years ago. <laughs> That's us. So just don't do it. It's really bad. I think it's so unnatural, but it's it's the only it's the only thing to do. It's the only thing to do. And I'll say this. The contact you make, the more you keep this person in your life, that space in your mind that you could use to welcome another person, basically. To write King Lear. Do you want to write King Lear or not? I mean, come on, people. None of you have written King Um, Lear. I can almost, I know for sure if you're listening to this podcast, you haven't written King Lear. I can almost say that for sure. (laughs) Okay. The thing that you said that was really helpful to me about this is that when contact is made after a breakup, the only thing that the other person wants to hear if you broke up with them or you want to hear if they broke up with you is I regret breaking up with you and I want to get back together. So if you can't give that response and if you aren't going to receive that response, then just contact in any form will just add to the pain. It'll just be more confusing, more upsetting, more boundary crossing. And again, I've been down this road many times. I've added more harm when it wasn't necessary. It's also... Don't do what I've done, kids. Just don't do it. (laughs) Don't you want to get out of this small town? I also don't care what I look like anymore. So I block the person on social media. I mute their friends. I have my sister do the driving, dropping off of stuff. I have her arrange it because... I don't care if it looks immature that I can't handle it. Because I guess I can't handle it. I don't want to. And it's cleaner this way. It's cleaner for everyone involved. And so I think in the past I've tried to look like, it's fine. I can see you. Like, I don't care. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, whatever. And I can text you about this random thing because it's like, I'm not going to not speak to you. And in only retrospect, I see that was actually really immature instead of being like, so this is the healthiest way to do it, I think. And and the most grown up way to do it is to really... Cut off all forms of contact until you feel like you are in a headspace and then not even, you know? Right. It has to be when this person's name doesn't raise your blood pressure. And that for me takes a really long time. And we're going to be back with more questions after this ad break. Stay tuned. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back with True Romance with our listeners' questions. We had a lovely letter written to us by a listener who kind of explained a a long and and heartbreaking pandemic situation of getting into a relationship with someone it became long distance kind of because of the pandemic at first that was like really exciting and still doable and there was still butterflies excitement she describes it as fantastic and then Within a few weeks, the person that the this listener was seeing started to pull back and, and stop responding as much. And ultimately, this listener thinks that their partner was going to break up with them during the pandemic. And and the listener had had written in asking how you find the confidence to to not just beat yourself up over something like this and how to deal with the feeling of wanting to move and switch jobs and do something radical to escape this feeling, even though none of that is even really possible right now because of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, so this to me sounded like someone who had a long distance relationship that didn't work out and then is Mm -hmm. playing the what ifs and trying to see if there's a way to, and by the way, I identify with everything, everything, everything. Why I love hearing from our listeners is because I identify with everything they have to say. Yes. Almost unanimously, I'm trying to think of something I haven't identified with and I can't. And for this one, I really thought about how I, I've done that in the past. I've looked at breakups and thought, okay, what if <laughs> – I remember one of my breakups, I thought like, well, what if we had gotten a house together? Like what if we had lived together? And right. I didn't think about it would have been harder for us to break up. <laughs> like, right. I didn't think about what the actual experience thought. I just thought like I wouldn't feel this way. You know, we would be together, even if we were miserable, even if all of those things that weren't working out didn't work out. I think one of the more painful parts of breakups is, too, that this person is showing you who they are. So you can't unsee that now. So if they've bailed, even if you got back together, you would always remember how they've bailed. I remember my friend's mom, who was married to her husband for like 30 years, when she told us the story of how they met. He had broken up with her at one point and she still was like, and I was fucking pissed and she was still had emotions over it. And that was like, now they had, they had two kids who were like of college age and she was still upset. And it just speaks to, those are things you just can't get over really. And maybe you can, and there's definitely so many exceptions to the rule. So many, but this person is saving you time. And a thing that I found relaxing is something I've been thinking recently is it's kind of easier when someone leaves you because 
you can have all of these fantasies, but the ball is not in your court. <laughs> you right. know, which it sounds sad and it sounds like you're like the victim or the loser or however you want to view yourself, but it's freeing. Like, yeah, you have no control over this situation. So you right. could move, you could move jobs, you could move countries, but it would not give you any more control over this person. And in the long run, this person sounds like they saved you a lot of time. So again, I never underestimate the pain of breakups. I find it more painful than physical pain. I have to respect that experience by feeling it and Mm -hmm. not try to drown it in a change or a move or a job change or God forbid a hair change or (laughs) being like, I'm going to dress like Gwen Stefani now or (laughs) (laughs) trying to find a new personality. It's an act of self-love to stay with yourself while you're feeling this way. And so, and I do, I really do believe that you love yourself more out of these situations. Yeah. To touch on long distance quickly, I will say that I think it's, it doesn't work in the long run unless, you know, you've been married for years or if you're really rich and can fly to see each other all the time. But in my experience, when I've been with someone and they have lived, even I wasn't the only time I experienced long distance, I lived in New York. My boyfriend lived in Boston and I was so lonely. I was lonelier than I would be if I was single because I constantly was like, where's my person? Like, when do I see them again? And that's not a healthy way to live always in like the future or in the, you know, trying to survive off the last time you guys kissed. It's just it's unhealthy. I was always distracted Mm -hmm. my relationship that i'm in now started out being long distance but i also had the experience of i remember this so clearly in this relationship that i was in a while ago this long-term relationship that was really on the rocks fighting all the time you know couldn't really get through a weekend together without having a huge like make or break argument and i remember i called you and said that I wanted to just come to California for a few weeks and just take some time and go go on a break with this person. And and I remember you saying, it sounds like you just want an escape and maybe you should just face the problem. And this partner that I was with actually asked me, like, are you just trying to avoid breaking up or do you actually want to go on a break? And I, I was being dishonest with myself. So I truly believed myself when I said, no, I don't want to break up. I just need time. But the truth was, I really was just looking to escape the the reality that was facing me, which is that I had to separate my life from this person after a few years of being together. That distance was kind of helpful because I just didn't want to be in contact with the person at all. So I was like, great, I can like do whatever I want. I'm on a different time zone. I can watch Sex in the City all day and cry on my couch, which was kind of one of the main things I was doing at that time in my life. But In this current relationship that I'm in, we started out being long distance. Right now, we're not long distance anymore just because due to the pandemic, I I am in work with him. I know, which like was so weird because in a way I was like, this is what I wanted, but it's such weird circumstances. And now I'm like, I I don't know what the future holds at all. But right now we're together. And now he'll never leave my side again. And he's sitting right next to me. (laughs) Matt has been in Devin's lap for this whole recording. I yeah, that was really long, sorry. No, I also think just in terms of breakup, something that I've been experimenting with, which has been very helpful, is 
what would it look like if I had no fear about the future? So what would my feelings be about this breakup if I had no fear about meeting someone again, falling in love again? And it's completely different. It's one of, it's a feeling that comes up as gratitude. Like, oh, I had this amazing experience with someone. Yes. And it's over and that's okay. And we'll both probably have another amazing experience with someone else, but I'm very grateful for that time. I don't, it's not even a question of would I change it because I can't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's like, what would I do differently? Why does that conversation even need to happen? Because I didn't do anything differently and neither did he. Right. So stopping like those conversations and fantasy and just really looking at what is and yeah, what would be, what would my life look like if I wasn't scared? And that's sort of, I can apply to any of these questions, you know, like what would my life look like if I wasn't scared of my boyfriend leaving me for one of his friends and I just trusted that he wouldn't or that he loved me or that if he did, I would survive it. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, what would it look like if, I could depend on myself and I wasn't, you know, it's, or I guess I can't apply this to everything, okay? My little oh, project didn't work. Your little science experiment failed. But just thinking about how much courage it takes to date, and this was a kind of serious episode. We got really into I it, know. okay? But we got real. We got real. Don't regret it. I don't regret it. And I would say give yourself five minutes a day of not being scared and then go back to all of your worries and your stresses. <laughs> <laughs> and then dive back yeah. in invite them all back in but take five minutes and just be like okay i'm not going to be scared for the next five minutes what does that look like imagine the ghost in your house comes out just during those five minutes like you're like oh my god uh, come on guys why? i uh, are you serious I was just asking for five minutes without your fucking who and you had to come out. Our producer, Will Farrell once was quoted in an article where he was staying in a house in New Orleans. Our a- associate producer, he's listening with headphones on and doing little <laughs> button pushing on a little audio machine. Our tech guy, Will Farrell, once had a house in New Orleans that he was convinced was haunted. And so he would walk in every day and go, not now. <laughs> Maybe later, but not Not now. right now. I just worked. Which is amazing. Will is an okay tech producer, but I will say that 95% of the time when I ask him for help, he just says, have you tried restarting your computer? And it's like, yeah, I That's have tried that. That's the first thing I did. Yeah. Control, alt, control, alt, delete. Yeah. I have tried that. <sighs> All the time he asks me if my internet's working. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't. Okay. And sometimes he just that? goes, these things are so weird. And I'm like, they are. You're you're not wrong there. No, all seriousness, he's a great guy. Anyway, thanks everyone for submitting thoughts and questions. We always love to hear what you guys have to say, and we will continue to do these episodes. So please keep writing in. Devin, I love you. I love you too. We'll catch you next time on True Romance. All I ever wanted was a little
you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 